Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is all of that and so much more, more than we could ever think or comprehend or even realize or understand. And we are so glad to have you with us here today for this very special time in God's house, in God's Word. And I hope you feel in your house what we are feeling in this house, the Connections Church house right now. We miss you all so much being able to be together live, as Pastor Scott mentioned just a few moments ago. And listen, I I just got in my spirit, hold on a little longer. It will not be much longer till we will all be back together again here celebrating and blowing the roof off of this place because it's going to be cosmic when we get back together. But today we are journeying still in our study called Limitless. And we've been challenging you. We've been encouraging you, been teaching you and, and walking you through the word of God of just how limitless life can be when we are full of the Holy Spirit and power. And so today we want to turn our attention to the to the the topic of courage, to that great subject of, of something that we all desperately need always in our lives. And 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 ask a question here at the top: What what is courage, and what does it really look like when you boil it all down? And and I love what Nelson Mandela, that great freedom leader of many years ago, said about the subject of courage. He said, and I quote: "I learned that courage was not the absence of fear." but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Folks, it hit me in my spirit this week that as the people of God, we come from a long line of courageous conquerors. I mean, if you look back in God's Word, you can see all throughout the pages men and women who who would rise up in God's courage and take charge. And, and people like David, and, and, and when he stepped out on the battlefield to, to face that nine foot, six inch tall giant without any fear as, as, a, as a teenage boy, or maybe he did have a little fear, but he overcame it through the courage of God's power and God's strength, and he took that giant down. Men like Mike Joshua and Caleb, who were one of the original 12 spies that Moses sent in to the promised land to scout it out, And when they returned, 10 of the 12 spies came back with a negative report, a cannot-do spirit, if you will, and said, it's impossible. We looked like grasshoppers in their eyes, and in our eyes also we were so small compared to the giants that inhabited that land. We can't possibly go in and take that land. When God had already told them it was theirs. But Joshua and Caleb quieted the crowd, and they quieted those ten spies, and they gave this report. We are more than able to go in and take it because God has promised it to us. What about Peter and the band of disciples we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in this study? How they would rise up in the authority and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to take the world by storm. Listen, folks, we come from a long line of courageous conquerors, as I mentioned a moment ago. So let me ask you a question. Why do we seem to be cowering in fear as the people of God? We should be the ones leading the charge and taking the land. We should be the ones waving that banner of Christ courageously and boldly. We should be the ones standing up and saying, there is hope in Jesus. There is a promise. There is life everlasting. There is power, overcoming power. We should be the ones rising up in the courage of the Holy Spirit. And today I want to show you a picture 
from Scripture what courage looks like and how that kind of courage in God can change our world. We're going to be looking in, in the Bible in, in the book of Acts chapter 6 and 7. So I just want to encourage you right now, get your Bibles out, open them up and walk through this with us. And we're going to talk about a man by the name of Stephen. He was chosen as one of the first deacons in the early church, one of the first leaders of the church. And he ends up changing the world because of his courage. Now, as we look at his story in Acts 6 and 7, we discover what true courage looks like and the results of that said courage. For the next few minutes, I want us to look at how to change your world with limitless courage. Now, three things about courage that will stand under any kind of fire that comes at us. First of all, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes at home, and I hope you are. First of all, courage is rooted in character. In Acts chapter 6, the apostles told the congregation to, let, to select seven men who were known to be full of the Holy Spirit. There it is, folks, what we've been talking about for several weeks after Easter. Full of the Holy Spirit. There's a key. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Boy, do, do we lack wisdom today or what? So many crazy things are happening. We need people who are going to rise up in the wisdom of God and, and be the voice of reason. And, and, and Stephen had these things operating in his life, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who could deal with the problem that was going on in the church at that time. And the problem was simply this, but it was getting out of control. The Grecian widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the problem was so serious that if left unchecked and uncared about, it could have caused a great divide in the congregation and in the church. The future and testimony of the gospel were really at stake here if you break it all down to that denominator. Therefore, key men were to be selected to take care of this issue, men of character. And Stephen was one of those who were chosen. Notice how he's described in Acts chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to jump right there. It says, this proposal pleased the whole group, talking about Stephen being chosen. And they chose Stephen, who was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a description. Stephen was full of faith. Now, a lot of people are full of something these days. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not faith in God. So he was full of faith, which simply means he believed God completely that he was willing to empty himself so that Christ could have complete reign and control in his life. That's what surrender is all about. And to be full of the Spirit means to live under the Spirit's control and be empowered with God's power for God's purposes in your life. So he had opened his interior life to God completely, and as a result, he had developed into a man of character. How important that is. There, there's a children's song that we sang years and years ago in the church, and it was simply called Deep and Wide. Some of you might remember this. I'm going to try to sing a little bit. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide, and, and let me hear you sing it at home, right? I'm not hearing you. Okay, you got to sing a little louder. Deep and wide, deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. That's kind of how the tune goes. Maybe you didn't know it, that, that part of it. So, there's a profound truth in this simple little kid's song that God will only take you as wide as you are willing to go deep. Boy, that, that'll grab you, right? If you will go deep with God, then he's going to take care of the width of your life, the opportunities, the influence, the impact of your life. Listen, you don't want to get to the end of the road and end up in your life a mile wide and an inch deep. 
But Stephen was deep in terms of character, and God, for that reason, was able to use him widely. A man took his young son to the movies, and the kid immediately runs over to the concession stand and orders the largest tub of popcorn you can get. Now, you know that's going to cost you half your mortgage. But, you know, that's, that's what this kid did. And when the attendant handed him this huge bucket of popcorn, the dad asked the son, son, are you going to be able to eat all of that? And I love the response of his little boy. He said, don't worry, dad. I'm a lot bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. And that is what character is, church. Being bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. Work on the inside of who you are by being full of the Holy Spirit of God. Let me tell you right now, character is what we are when no one is watching. Character is developed by two very small but very powerful words, and they are yes and no. Isn't that amazing? Hey, here's the, the truth of life. We have no control over a whole lot of things in this life, right? I mean, did you get to choose your parents? No, neither did I. We don't select the location or the circumstances of our birth or our upbringing. We don't get to pick our talents or our IQs, right? And that's unfortunate for many of us. I mean, I really always wanted to be able to play the guitar and sing really well. You know what? I didn't get that. I would have loved to have been able to do that, not to just put on a show or be up on stage and do that, because I get to do it in this way. But it's not for me that I do it, but I just always loved music and wished I could have had that gift. But I didn't get that. We don't get to pick those things. But here is the reality of what I'm talking to you about right now. We do get to choose our character and how important that is, folks. In fact, we create it every time we make choices. And this man that we're talking about today, Stephen, he was a man who was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, and boy, did he have character operating in his life because of that. So next, number two this morning, we see that courage is revealed in not only character, but also conviction. Now, as we continue to look at Stephen's life, we see that he's a man of great, deep conviction. Follow along with me as we continue in Acts 6, beginning again in verse 8, where it says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, there's two other attributes he has, grace and power, and how important they are. He was able to do great wonders through the power of God and miraculous signs among the people. That's a great thing. Stephen's going around town helping those who are in need with God's great power operating in his life. However, not everybody's excited about it because we read on and find out that opposition arose from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Sicilia and Asia. These men begin to argue with Stephen, and you can expect that. As a matter of fact, you can guarantee that it's going to happen when you make a stand for Christ Jesus, when you're operating in the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get some opposition and you're going to get some arguments. Some of you are dealing with that right now because of the stand you take for Christ. And they begin to argue with Stephen. But here's what I love, and we need to grab a hold of this. This needs to be said of us. But they could not stand up against his wisdom or the Spirit of God by whom he spoke. Whoo, man, that'll do something to you. And if it doesn't, you better check your doer because something's not registering. Man, they could not stand up. They had no argument to bring against him. They were losing every argument they tried to bring up because Stephen was full of God's power and wisdom. 
God was on his side. Look at me right now. When God's on your side, you can't lose. Don't you love that? When you are operating in the fullness of God, living in the character that God's Spirit produces in our lives, and the conviction that you are not going to be moved, guess what? You cannot lose. We win, folks. And that's what's happening here. That's what's going on with Stephen in this particular situation. They could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. What a testimony. His ministry for God goes beyond serving the needs of the widows at this point in time. And he begins to step up for God in other ways. And this lesson teaches us that when we're faithful with the little things, God will entrust us with greater things and more things and greater opportunities. So we've got to be faithful in everywhere that God plants us and every door that he opens for us. As God fills him, he does great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. And the religious people begin to argue with him even more, but they can't stand up to Stephen. And then the next thing you know, here's where we find Stephen. Don't, don't, don't lose me here. Don't, don't turn it off. Don't move to something else. Don't scroll on up. Listen. Here's where we find Stephen. This is where it gets really, really, really good. Stephen's ministry, Stephen's ministry for God causes him to be on trial for his life. Wow, what a dramatic turn of events because the charges that these people made, they, they, the charges they came up with, that, that they accused him of insurrection, of preaching that the sacred institutes of the nation were being destroyed, that is the land, the temple, the law, and the customs. They conjured up all these false charges. He was treated by the Jews the way that they treated Jesus on his way to the crucifixion. They hired false witnesses. They made false accusations. They did not give him the benefit of a fair trial at all. And at this point, Stephen had a choice. And here's the choice that we all have when it comes down to it. He had this choice. He could back down or he could stand up and still continue to share his godly convictions. That's where the rubber meets the road. What's going to happen when the heat is on us, when we are faced with adversity, when those who want to come at us want to tear us apart and, and charge things against us that aren't right, what are we going to do when the fire turns up? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to do, I pray, just as Stephen did. He made a decision. It was the moment of truth for him. And Acts chapter 6, verse 15 says, His face was like the face of an angel as he prepared to respond. Man, that just gets you. Like the face of an angel. Why is that? Because the power of God, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, was, was bringing that courage that he needed and the anointing from God, the empowerment, the enablement to make a stand. In the face of opposition was all over and in Stephen's life. And here's what happened, Acts chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, then the high priest asked him, are these charges true? And this is how he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. He defended himself by reviewing Israel's history. I'm not going to read all these verses, but I'm going to highlight some of them and making the following points. Number one, he said, the nation and its sacred institutions, the land, the law, and the temple were being destroyed, but not by Christ. They were being destroyed by the people themselves. From the beginning, they had always misunderstood and rejected God's plan. 
That was his first rebuttal. Another point he made was this. God loves Israel. He loves Israel so much that in every instance of misunderstanding and rejection, he worked out a plan of deliverance. Every time the Israelites would reject God and turn to false gods and false idols, God would bring them back, would woo them back, would make a way back to his love and grace and goodness. Number three, he said God's final plan of deliverance was Jesus Christ, his very own son. But as in the past, the present generation had misunderstood and rejected him. Folks, Stephen's conviction pointed them to Jesus every single time. And that was the message that he preached when the heat was on, was simply this. You have got to turn to Jesus Christ. He is the only answer. He is the only way. How about us today? Are we standing and speaking courageously to our generation? I know we here at Connections Church are. Why? Because we are unwilling to compromise even though the world around us, even in the church world around us, they are compromising their standards. They are compromising the precious word of God. They are changing things to fit the culture. And that's not the call of Christ or the call of God on our lives. God says we've got to make a bold, courageous, convicted stand that the word of God is true and every man is a lie. Woo! If not, then we just become a part of the world. That's not God's plan. God's plan is that the world becomes a part of his great kingdom. Stephen's conviction pointed them to Jesus in the face of certain death. A 19th century circuit-riding preacher by the name of Peter Cartwright was preparing to deliver a message one Sunday morning at one of his churches and he was told just before he went up to preach that President Andrew Jackson was in attendance. Could you imagine the president coming to your church? And he was asked to keep his remarks, <laughs> don't you love this term, inoffensive. That sounds like today. I mean, not much seems to have changed because today it's like, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to turn anybody off. But the message of Jesus is quite offensive to the sinner because Christ and sin cannot coexist. But they asked him to keep his remarks inoffensive as not to offend President Andrew Jackson. And during the message, he included these bold, courageous statements. He said, I have heard that Andrew Jackson is in this congregation right now this morning. And I've been asked to keep my, my remarks guarded. What I must say is simply this, that Andrew Jackson will go to hell if he does not repent of his sin. <laughs> I don't think the plan worked out like those who warned him hoped it would, so he just laid it all on the line, which was truth. After the sermon, President Jackson walks up to Peter Cartwright and said these words, Sir, if I had an army of men like you, I could whip the entire world of enemies that come at us. Man, that's what courage can do if given an opportunity. Not that long ago in history, there was a man who was full of courage, who was full of God's Holy Spirit, who was full of love, who made bold stands against things that were deplorable and still are. 
racism in our world. The man's name is Martin Luther King Jr., and he declared these words. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Mm. What a statement. And that man's life was in jeopardy every single day of his adulthood. That's where we are right now. Not just with this virus stuff that's, that's out there in our world, but also with, more importantly, the plague of sin and godlessness in our land. It seems that we are truly living in the last days as written about and prophesied and preached and proclaimed from God's truth that wickedness abounds everywhere, that right's being called wrong and wrong's being called right. We're living in it right here in the first Sunday of May 2020. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, what are we doing to push back the tide of sinfulness and godlessness in our world? It's time for the church to rise up in courageous faith and in the Holy Spirit and declare Declare the truth of God's word. It takes courage to win our world and to change our world. And the last thing today is simply this. Courage will always reflect Christ. As a result of Stephen's sermon, notice what happens here. Continue on in, in chapter 7, beginning at verse 57. It says, then they put their hands over their ears. They didn't want to hear it. They drowned out his voice with their shouts, and they rushed at him. Verse 58, they dragged him out of the city, and they began to stone him. The official witnesses took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Boy, he has quite a story. We'll find out more about him later on. And as they stoned Stephen, he prays this prayer as he is dying. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then verse 60 says, he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. You're thinking to yourself, man, that's not quite the, quite the ending that... We thought you were going to be heading to. And here's, here's what I want to point out here very quickly out of this passage. Number one, as they were in the process of stoning him, he made two fascinating statements, both very reminiscent of Christ's words on the cross. The first, he said this, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And that's pretty similar to what Christ's final words in Luke chapter 23, verse 46 are. And the second thing he, he says is, is, is a word of forgiveness, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. How in the world can you do that? How is that even possible? I mean, these people are putting you to death by throwing large rocks at you, and they're going to kill you. How can you say, God, forgive them? Don't hold this against them. I can tell you how. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you something you already know or you may not be fully aware of, but, but after I say it, you're going to say, that's it. it the light bulb is going to click. Unforgiveness is something that can destroy your life, that can eat away at your joy, at your fullness, at your peace, at, at all those things. Stephen understood that this is Jesus-like to forgive. He had obviously learned from his master some very important lessons, and those were how to live and how to die with faith, courage, and forgiveness. I'm, I'm going to just say it's easy to, to sing songs and worship God and, 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 and glorify Him and celebrate and, and, and just enjoy the presence of God when everything's going great. But what is our response 
when the heat is on and life gets really tough. We have a great model in Jesus and in his disciple named Stephen. Many times, instead of, of getting better through the, the adversity, we, we tend to get bitter. Many times, we get negative in, instead of positive. Maybe you find yourself there right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I run into so many people in this day and time, in, in our moment in history, who in their lives are just turning more and more negative every day, it seems. It's like every time you encounter them, talk with them, meet with them, uh, whatever the, the conversation is, the, it just seems to get more and more and more on the negative side instead of being positive. And, and, and when this happens, we, we tend to discourage instead of encourage. We, we hold on to resentment instead of reconciling. Someone has said our lives are like a tube of toothpaste, and when we're squeezed, whatever's on the inside is going to come out. You can, you can guarantee it. When you are squeezed, does Jesus come out? Does love come out? <laughs> Does forgiveness come out? Does grace come out? I'm going to tell you something that I've said so many times, and I've not only said it, I've had to do it. I have to do it quite often, to be honest with you. Just let it go and forgive. Release. Free those people. Free that stuff. Free yourself. Stephen understood this. We look at Stephen's life at, at, at this time. As we're winding this down in the next couple of moments, we, we might take a look back over the, the last few minutes that I've quickly walked through. And please read through this again and again this week, Acts 6 and 7. You can, you can read through the whole encounter. But we might just stop right here and think to ourselves, on the surface, we admire his courage. But, but we kind of maybe come away thinking, but in the end, he dies man, what a tragedy. That's not really what I thought you were going to be building to, as I mentioned a moment ago. But let me remind you of the words of William Wallace as recorded in the amazing movie Braveheart that came out many years back with Mel Gibson. William Wallace declared, every man dies, but not every man lives. I'm afraid, as the, the title of the television show that got popular several years ago, we have so many that seem to be the walking dead around us. Haven't come to life through the power of God's Holy Spirit, through the resurrection, life-giving salvation that Jesus makes available to us. You've never lived. You live life in fear. Listen, there's no reason to fear as we talked about last week. We have no reason to fear. Over and over and over and over again in God's Word, it says, do not be afraid. So many never live. Probably the greatest modern evangelist of our day and time, Billy Graham, the North Carolina man, go, go heels, <laughs> said that courage is contagious. When a brave person takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. Maybe you can start that. I, I believe you can. I encourage you to, to make that stand, to, to stop walking around living in fear, to stop being a part of the living dead and, and come to life through Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit. I, I dare you to, to rise up in courage that comes from Christ through character and conviction and, 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 and know who you are in him 
and begin to lead the way for others to follow, that their spines will stiffen, that they'll receive the courage that's in you. And all of a sudden, that becomes contagious instead of the junk of this world, the lies, the poison, the, the, the unbelief, and, and the debauchery that's all around us. Let the courage of Christ rise up in you, and you lead the way, and you point the way, and bring others with you as many as will come. That's what true courage is. That's what Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, brings to our lives. All we've got to do is say yes to Jesus. Yes to your Holy Spirit. Yes to your truth. Yes to your love. Yes to your anointing. Everything that you have, I don't want to miss a thing, God. Bring it. Give it. Pour it into my life. Would you pray with me for just a moment? The Holy Spirit brings limitless courage to us. While we're getting ready to pray, for those of you who may think that this was a waste, let me, let me close by giving you the effects of Stephen's courageous life and death. His, his, his life or death was not in vain. Some of the events that were byproducts, either directly or indirectly, of the persecution that began with Stephen's martyrdom. Philip, his young associate, went on this great evangelistic tour in Acts chapter 8. Paul, who was Saul, was converted, and, and I have to believe that this, this act of, of Stephen's courage was a big part of that in Acts chapter 9. Peter's missionary tour was, was pushed forward in Acts chapter 9, verse 32, through chapter 11, verse 18. The church in Antioch and Syria is founded in Acts chapter 11, 19, and, and the list continues today with us. We are affected by Stephen's courage. Why? Because you read about it. I, I preach about it. It's taught about. People know who Stephen was and the courage that he possessed in his life. I want to encourage you this way as we pray. Stop playing defense and attack the enemy with faith, courage, truth, and love, the love of Jesus and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for all the gifts that I can't even name all of them. It would take way too long for me to do that, but they just keep coming and coming and coming. God, your courage is desperately needed today. That authority to rise up in the power of the resurrected Christ and the fullness of the Holy Spirit is desperately needed today. God, thank you that you give in abundance, not just a little, but a lot, God, of everything that we have need of. And right now, I just pray. I, I see some people out there that are struggling to cross that line of salvation. And God, they need that push. They need the courage and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, just give them that right now. Let them say yes to Jesus. And if you're doing that, just let us know right now. Reach out to us. We are here for you and for some to make that bold stand who have already crossed that line of faith, but have been cowering in the corner of God, been afraid to step up, afraid to speak up. God, right now, right now, right now, give us the courage of men like Stephen and David and Joshua and Caleb and so many others, God, that made their stands for the kingdom of God. God, help us today with that. I just, I just speak peace 
to those that have been clouded in doubt and, and confusion and hurt. God, fear everything. I just speak peace in the name of Jesus to come and move all those adversaries out. God, thank you for who you are and all that you're doing. You are our way maker, our light in the darkness. That is who you are and so much more. Thank you, Jesus, for courage to come. In your name we pray that that mighty name of Jesus, that matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. It was British theologian John Henry Newman who said, fear not that your life will come to an end, but fear that it will never have a beginning. Today may be your beginning. I pray it is. Thank you so, so much for being with us for this very powerful time. Here's what I need you to do right now. I, I don't usually ask this all the time for sure, but, but I just feel in my heart and my spirit right now that you are supposed to share this with some people who desperately need to hear this. So would you please do that? Would you please like it and, and get this word out? This is going to free a lot of people, and you can be a great part of that. Lead the way. Stand up and attack instead of cowering and playing defense. It's time to move forward, church. God bless you. Thank you so much. As Pastor Scott and Pastor Joseph mentioned early, there's stuff going on every day of the week practically here at and through connections. So tune in, let others know. God bless you. And if you need us, reach out, let us know. We are here to serve you. We look forward to being together again very soon. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.